Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me, as always, my man Cody. What is going on tonight, my friend? And it is a, it's, it's a pretty cool experience for me. This is the first time that I'm recording from a brand new studio set. Obviously, you can't see it, but we will see it on this week's episodes of the Fantasy Draft Room. Probably won't have anything set up, but, you know, it, it's a cool experience you know, just being in a new place. We've, we've always been talking about over the past couple of weeks, a couple of live things going on, you know, moving places, new jobs, everything like that. But good time to get that all out of the way before we kick off this week tomorrow as y'all are listening to this. The NFL season does kick off with the Hall of Fame game, and I cannot be more excited for freaking football, man. We get to see Zach Wilson play football again, right? Like Zach Wilson gets to play in the Hall of Fame game. That'll be his only reps this year. Uh, I hope he slaughters it, man. I, <laughs> I absolutely hope he slaughters it out there just so like the overreaction of the overreaction pod can just absolutely go the complete other way if we've been just fading. He's not even rosterable anymore right now in Dynasty to just Oh no, he's he's gonna be back. He's gonna be back. He's going to be he's gonna be pushing for that starter job come year two, year three, and we yeah. can sell him for something. I just I want I want as much chaos as possible. Just start it off from day one. It would be such a Jets thing to to happen to if that was the case. So yeah, you know, we get football, right? Like that's really where we're at. We we have the training camp is is full swing. Um, we have news, injuries, drama all over the place. So we have a lot of fun stuff to kind of touch on. And, and like you said, we actually have football games, NFL games kicking off here, even though it is going to be the preseason. They still matter. It's still nice to see. Um, last year, we got to see Josh Jacobs take full reps throughout the preseason. And and, and everyone was really concerned about uh, their Hall of Fame game last year when Jacobs was taking reps. I'm pretty sure all game long. I think Zemir White took like 22 touches, I think, last year. Wild. Absolutely wild. So I don't know if we're going to see that. I don't think Brees Hall's going to be out there taking 22 touches. I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to be taking 22 touches either. We'll, we'll see about that one. But uh, but fun nonetheless. So, yeah, we were, we're diving full, full tilt into the season right now. Yeah, can we get a Marquez Callaway like three touchdown game? If you remember that one from the preseason last year, oh, whatever yeah. he was being sold for seconds. Oh yeah, I absolutely remember it. It was against, uh, I think it was against Diggs, um, or not Diggs as the corner. Yeah, it was Diggs, Quadri Diggs. I think uh, so. Yeah, uh, for the Seahawks, and and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he did it against the Seahawks' number one corner." And 
Yeah, of course. Got got to go have yourself some Marquez Callaway. So here we it's go. Fanta- it's fantastic times, though, man. <laughs> and obviously, we're overreacting to every single thing of news that comes out right now. And so it is a little bit of a it's appropriate for us on the overreaction pod to say and go through all of these camp reports that are coming out, all of these players that are getting hyped, getting faded and say, if we believe the hype or if we're fading the hype, if we're believing in what's coming out from these beat reporters right now, or if we're just saying, you know, it really doesn't matter for us in fantasy football. So yeah, every, everything's coming out. Hopefully we're not missing anything from the past day or so, you know, whereas we're recording this Monday night. So hopefully we're getting everything to you with no major changes. Everything's changing minute to minute in this dynasty world that we now play in but let's get forward with the things that we've gotten from past week or so yeah man and, and no better place to start right now than what is probably the most dramatic situation the most uh i don't know chaotic situation going on between jim ursay and jonathan taylor you know, obviously the running backs have been talked about ad nauseum over the past month and a half, two months, and just some of the contracts that are going on or or lack thereof. Uh, the the you know, we have uh, the the franchise tag situation, but now we have Jim Irsay and Jonathan Taylor taking to the public, just going at each other. They're I guess JT's agent is involved now too, and it's just a freaking mess like just when you think that there's going to be a running back like oh yeah jt should get paid jt should get paid right like oh he'll get a contract maybe it's not going to be this todd Gurley, you know zeke elliott type deal of, of years past but of all the running backs he should get paid and jim mercy has taken a stance already that there is no shot at least at this point in time at least at this point in time, prove it to me for another year, and then maybe I'll franchise tag you again if you're lucky. Is basically kind of the yeah. kind of the sentiment that he's giving out right now, right? I mean, look, I don't I don't think either of us are really you know fit to talk about what the what the right option is to escape from this. Obviously, sure. you know the 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 running back market is what it is currently. You, you know, we are not going to fix it with ideas here. We're not going. Neither we nor the NFLPA care enough to actually fix a specific marketplace for a specific position. That's not going to happen. And so what is going to happen basically is like either the running backs play on what they're going to be valued at within the league or they're not going to play. Like that that's honestly what I feel like is going to happen. Do I think that it's fair to them for what they're giving the team personally? No. However, they will find other guys. The league will move on. As much as the comments from Ursay, I don't think are really appropriate for what the situation is given and what Jonathan Taylor means to that team. He is right in the fact that the league will move on with or without Jonathan Taylor. And that team will move on with or without Jonathan Taylor. And whatever the market dictates that you're worth right now, that's what you're going to be worth. And we're not going to pay you anything more. We're not going to be strong-armed by what you're saying to us right now. And so as much as it sucks, man, like either Jonathan Taylor is going to play and he's going, I I think he's going to play this year. And then after this year, whatever he gets paid, he's either going to play on it or he's just not going to play football. And my bet would be on that. He's going to play football because that's what he loves doing. That's what's going to make him, even though it's not worth, you know, $15 million that he thinks he's worth. It still makes him a good six to $8 million. And it's going to be more than what he would make not playing football. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the comments that, that Ursay 
had or had said um, were kind of, I don't want to say necessarily taken out of context, but it's like, you know, basically saying if he, if both Ursaid had died and Jonathan Taylor was out of the league, that the league is going to move on. No one's going to miss him, right? Like that was pretty much what he's saying. It's like anyone that's in the league, the league will still move on if they are no longer part of it. Owners, players, GMs, coaches, does not matter. The league will continue to churn on. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a damn good football player. Absolutely deserves to get paid. But, you know, these owners are negotiating and working within a collective bargaining agreement that was negotiated by the Players Association. And right, wrong, whatever, we're in a spot now where this is the market. And the owners are, it's a business. The owners are looking at ways that they can save money. And uh, one of the things that was kind of talked about in voice chat today is like truly the last time that this has actually worked out in a player's favor was back in the nineties with Emmett Smith. And when Ray was talking about this, it was kind of surprising. Like Emmett Smith held out for three games. Cowboys, I think went zero and three or one and two. There was a stat line of like 19 carries 19 for 54. <laughs> yes. It's like, yeah, let's get Emmett back out here. Our running game is as absolutely atrocious. And so it's like, but, but but that worked out, right? Like in all honesty, had it gone the flip side and they went 19 for 154, maybe they don't go back and sign Emmett Smith. Maybe that doesn't happen. Even though he was, you know, he was all pro for his first two years and led the league in rushing. Um, those types of things are, are a rarity. And Jonathan Taylor is, is a rare talent as well. I mean, he had 1800 yards, his, his, what, his second year in the league last year was an injury riddled, you know, team in general and an injury riddled JT. But, you know, it's just one of those situations where the running back market is what it is. And you're absolutely right. Like they're either going to play or they're going to have to sit out and and not play and, and decide to, to truly make a stand. And I don't think that's the route that any of these players are going to end up going. The thing you said there, Chase, that I would, would have, I think this is this comes down to the entire crux of the argument. You said Jonathan Taylor is a rare talent, and I think that that I think that is the misconception that people have whenever they look at this. Because Fair. you're saying he's a rare talent. Let me just read you off in dynasty terms <laughs> the top running backs: Bijan Robinson, Chris McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean. Look, like Jonathan Taylor is very, very good football player. But what is the difference between you and all of these other guys that are out here right now? What what more value, especially with how the league is based and played today, how, how much more value do you really provide me over anybody else that I can sign right now or any other guy that I can draft next year? It's just not enough for it to be worth these guys to actually be like, it, it sucks, but I, I fully get it from the owner's standpoint. I, I, I love the players, and I, I hope that all the players get paid what they truly deserve. I do think for what they give to the team and the, and the body take that they endure should be more than what it is currently being offered for right now. But I fully get it from an owner's standpoint that it's truly just not worth it right now. And, you know, you touched on obviously some of these players that are all obviously super talented as well. And one of them kind of heading the charge with Austin Eckler, like Eckler has been very vocal about what's been going on, holding a zoom meeting, all those types of things. Um, but he's actually one of the arguments for teams to not 
go after the JTs, the the Bijans, you know, these these first round running backs is the fact that you can get sixth round, seventh round UDFAs that are perfect fits for an offense, whether that's, you know, just a coordinator type of fit or a team fit, or they're just very, very good players and they just happen to go undrafted because they needed further development, needed further training, whatever the case may be, they they finally hit their stride later in their career. And Aachen, Aachen, Austin Eckler is a prime example of that. Like, you know, being a UDFA and then being able to uh, be one of the best pass catching running backs the league has ever seen. It makes these teams look at it and say, well, heck, I, why would I want to spend my high end draft capital on one of these guys? Why would I want to pay one of these guys when I can just find someone off the streets to do this job? close enough to the level that that a guy like JT is even though he is you know a, as i said a rare talent or a very very talented player so i i get both sides i'm with you i want these guys to get paid cuz i feel like they deserve it for for the type of beating that they take and i'm definitely not qualified enough to to talk to everything on this but um yeah man it's just a it's a very interesting situation and I think with an interesting free agent class coming next year, like we, JT is a free agent. You know, we have Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley. You're going to have, you know, CEH, woohoo, um, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. Like all of these guys are free agents next year. Antonio Gibson, like all of them, free agents. So not only do you have another loaded free agent class on the horizon next year, you're also going to have the likes of Travion Henderson, Raheem Sanders, you know, Rocket Sanders coming in and, and Donovan Edwards. Like there's, there's talented running backs, Braylon, uh, Braylon Allen, like waiting in the wings to come in the NFL too. I just don't know how this is going to get any better. The answer is it's not. And either they're going to play on the, literally again, the league will move on. You just, you just laid out, all of these guys that are going to be free agents and all the guys that are going to come in behind them minus a lot of guys that we don't even know about probably that are going to be one hit one year wonders in college and go straight into the NFL as a third round pick. Like that'll probably happen for a couple of guys. And so look they're they're going to play in terms of what it means for your fantasy team and your dynasty team. I, I am not, I am not, I think this is what we need to talk about, though, from from just like a pure dynasty aspect. Are you actually scared of them holding out and not playing at any point throughout the season? Or is it just in the in the beginning of the season? Because I don't I don't have any fear of them holding out at any point. Players are going to play, in my opinion. It maybe maybe at some point if they do have the injury, do they hold out? Maybe it happens. You know, you have that calf strain, you milk it a little bit longer. Maybe that happens. But I am on the basis of players are going to play once they're on the field. They're going to put there. There's nothing else that they can do. There's no holding out that they can do to make this better because other people will replace them. Players are going to play. And and it's such a double edged sword because you know, just like. Josh Jacobs just did this past year. Like he played extremely well, led the league in rushing in terms of fantasy production. I, have, I think he was RB one, if I'm not mistaken. And in, in whatever format. Yeah. He, yeah. he was RB one in most formats. <laughs> so, so Josh Jacobs goes out and does it and they're like, ah, oh, well now you've got all this wear and tear on your body. You know, we need to see you do it again. <laughs> it's like, okay, 
so and then uh, like you said are, am i worried about them with injuries in terms of like faking injuries you know kind of playing it up you know whether whatever it may be a hammy whatever and there's part of me that is just because it's like yeah they want to get their year of accrual in so that it, it counts towards next year but on the flip side is like do you if you play up an injury i know you missed four or five games that's going to be used against you too where oh well you know you you're, you're showing signs of breaking down right like that that's going to be used against them so like there's there's really no win in this for these guys i th- i'm not worried about saquon i'm not worried about pollard the whole jacob situation i'm a little concerned with just because he left vegas um but like for the most part for most of these players i'm not concerned at all I, they're they're going to be out there um jacobs this whole jt situation with putting him on the nfi this whole back injury not back like i want that stuff to play out so i know a little bit more of what's going on but i in the end i'm not concerned about any of these guys holding out into the season i'm not concerned about them in terms of fantasy playoffs like i just you just can't project those types of things but uh, are you selling jt are you selling off on some of these guys maybe 85 cents on the dollar just to get out from underneath of them maybe you can get similar production in a first like is that something you're going to entertain at this point before we kind of move on i'm on the full other side any of them that are being sold right now you you give me you let me send my what is projected playoff first and some DSBBDT, and I will fully buy. I will fully buy the Jonathan Taylor, the Josh Jacobs. I I, I will fully buy that player right now because I I do believe that they will play. Do I have concerns about them long term and through the year? Yes, but I don't have really concerns about them week one, week two. And so if I if I do do that, you know, like maybe I start to think about it whenever it gets to like week eight. And I've already racked up my like five or six wins. Like maybe then, like I start to think about, okay, maybe I can pivot off of this player then because maybe down the stretch it won't be as good. I can't, I can't rely on them as much as I can different other players who aren't in the same exact position as they are. But for week one to week eight, which is a long period of time for me to make any sort of moves, yeah, like I, I do not care. I will go out and buy these players right now. Yeah, I, I we talked about it earlier. My first initial reaction was, yeah, like I, I have no problem selling for similar production and then taking a first and just moving on. And there's there's a part of me that still feels that way where I could just if I can get similar production, uh, whether that be like I think Rashad White was the name that was brought up. It's like if you can get a Rashad White and and take the gamble on what he is going to be down there in Tampa and then get a first. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm going to be willing to do it. But on the flip side, like I, I do think there are situations where if I could get him for a little cheaper than that, I, I would definitely go out and buy myself a JT. I, I I would love for the opportunity to get some some JT shares because uh, he has been so expensive in Dynasty over the past few years. But um, at this point in time, I, mean, I don't have any JT shares to sell off. I had to actually go look and see, and I don't have any more. Um, I sold my last one this offseason. So unfortunately, I don't have that problem. But I do have Saquon, and he's been in, impossible to sell. Uh, no one wants to buy him because they're so worried about him beyond this year. You know, he is 27 years old and he's on a one year deal and people just don't like the insecurity when it comes to running back, even though he's going to produce. So I think the big thing with all of this is now is not the time. Like if you have one of these top guys, I am not selling right now. Like I just wouldn't sell because you're not going to get the value that they're probably worth. 
when they're starting to put up fantasy points for your team again, that's when your opportunity opens. If you're wanting to or willing to sell just because they're, they're putting up those points for rosters, people see them on the field, all of this that's happening here on, as we record July 31st or in early August, like it's all going to go away. So have patience. I preach this all the time and I try to follow it as well. You, you have to have patience in the right situations. And this is, I think one of those situations where you just have to be patient, let the, let the cards kind of show themselves and then make a decision based on that. But right now is just not the time. I fully agree. Now let's move into another one. An- another conversation that has been fully deadbeat and we probably shouldn't even have the conversation <laughs> anymore, but let's talk one more time about these 49ers quarterbacks. Where oh. are you at between the Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, or hell, maybe even it's Sam Darnold conversation. I mean, it's been, it's been such an interesting, like, training camp for this just because you hear Brock Purdy has looked good and then you hear Brock Purdy's looked bad and then you see you know Trey Lance looking like garbage and then that's like oh well he's playing with the twos and then when he played with the ones he looked really good and Sam Darnold's looked good no matter who he's played with but yet he's still listed as the the co-number two just ahead of Lance like it is just an absolute cluster in San Francisco an absolute cluster I, I still think this is Brock Purdy's job to lose um, is, is kind of the feeling that I'm getting uh, with them letting him run with the ones. And I, as much as I would love to say Sam Darnold has some hope, um, I just don't think that the the organization is, is looking to do that unless Trey Lance and Brock Purdy both show that they're just not that guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to rock out with my Brock out. You know, I I love I love the Brock Purdy hype. He he is my guy. I have pivoted off of my Trey Lance love very very quickly once I saw what he could actually do in the offense. And while he may suck, he does not suck in a Kyle Shanahan offense from what we have seen so far. The only question is, can he recover from the injury? And there's been some reports that he's had some he's had some. He's had some troubles gripping the ball. The ball's come out a little bit flat. But then there's also been reports of Trey Lance hasn't thrown the ball past 20 yards, and Brock Purdy has overthrown wide receivers. So it, it is I, – I, I feel like I just don't trust any San Francisco <laughs> beat reporter right now because every one of them says something different, and it feels like they all have an agenda. Yeah, I feel like the quarterback situation, like for, for me, where I'm at with this whole thing is that it's Brock Purdy or bust uh, if for the organization. I don't see a world with, where Trey Lance, like one of my biggest concerns that I've seen with him is like, yes, he is mobile, but he's not Anthony Richardson. He's not Justin Fields. He's not Lamar Jackson. Like that is just not how he runs. And every time he ran the football before, like it just, he ran so upright. It looked like he was just taking a pounding and you just don't want your quarterback to do that. So if he actually does get the job, I'm concerned for him staying healthy. But my bigger concerns with him are the fact that like he has been healthy this off season. He has been had every opportunity to work with his teammates, to figure out this offense, to get on the same page. And like, it's just not there. Brock Purdy just finished a UCL repair. So, yes, I fully expect there to be some, you know, uh, muscle memory stuff that he has to kind of retrain some, some, whether that's gripping the football, throwing, like he's still recovering where to the point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting back to NFL playing shape. 
And, and so I think that's more of a, a, a knock on Trey Lance, but he apparently Trey Lance has had some good practices recently. So who knows? Uh, I, I just think it's, it's Brock Purdy or bust. And I could see a real world where none of these three quarterbacks are the quarterback after this year. Like I don't know what to do with San Francisco ever. <laughs> I don't even think they know. I, I'd be interested to see how none of the quarterbacks are the quarterback after this year, because they have a very, very good team. And I don't think that any of them is going to be replaced because whichever quarterback does take over the starting job, I think is going to be very good. It's just a matter of which one is going to be that quarterback come week four. And in my mind, especially just like you, like I think that's going to be Brock Purdy. I think there's a potential that he could be the quarterback week one. He just needs to get you know a little bit more back from that UCL injury and just a little bit more, just knock off the rust a little bit. Obviously, they can't. The training camp reports haven't been great for Brock Brady, but they yeah. they have not. I'm not expecting them to be great right now. What I expect is for week three, you know, like the preseason week three game that he's going to be firing on all cylinders. Like if we start to not see that and he doesn't have the arm strength, he doesn't have the arm power to throw a five yard out. <laughs> that's the point where we get a little bit concerned and we're like, okay, it might be Trey Lance season. It might be Sam Darnold season because this guy's just really not recovering and he's the next Nick Mullins. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to be the case, and I'll I'll stick with Brock. You know, like the Trey the Trey Lance type. I just I I don't think there's there's going to be any reason to trade him because he's on such a low salary contract, while Brock Purdy's on an even lower salary contract as being Mister Irrelevant. There's just no reason to really get rid of him, and so I, I think this quarterback room is going to play out. You know, kind of how we've been thinking. It's it's probably going to be Brock Purdy as long as he can actually recover and throw a football. Yeah, I think my my concern level for this situation right now is a three. Um, we'll, again, give it some more time. Give it some some game reps. We'll see what that, that arm actually looks like. If things aren't clicking, like you said, um, then we might elevate that up a little bit. But right yeah. now, it's pretty Def- definitely under Definitely worth monitoring, though, as we go through this over the next couple of weeks because we do want to see a pretty significant progression from where it is right now. Absolutely. Uh, just one one last thing to touch on with it when it comes to this. You mentioned who could actually go there. Like, let's not forget Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. And, yep. and Scott mentioned a, a fun, interesting name is Matt Stafford. Like, if that team is bad, I know they're in division, so it makes it really challenging to actually see that one happening. But, man, uh, Stafford, you know, the 49ers did pursue him before. Uh, wouldn't be a, a total surprise to see them, to, you know, explore that option again. They talked about trading Stafford. Stafford has no reason to retire, but uh, I don't know. It, it would be it would be really hard to imagine. Like, hey, let's go help the 49ers win a Super Bowl. But uh, you never know. You just never know. The only issue that I see with Matthew Stafford is that he is locked up through 2026 on a contract right now. Do ninety-one million dollars next year, forty-two million dollars the year after, and eighteen million dollars the year after that. So, um, good luck getting anybody to pay that off for you. Uh, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. All right, so that kind of wraps up those ones. Let's dive into some of the news that we've seen on on I don't know what you want to call it anymore. Uh, Twitter, the X app, the I, I, I sure, uh, one of Her those post thing. The burn post thing, yeah, like uh, I'm sticking with Twitter. Forget it. I'm sticking with Twitter it's for Twitter. now until we until we can figure out some you know how to adjust from here. But yeah, like some of the camp hype that we've seen, some of the things that have been going on, you know, we've seen a, a lot of 
you see some short clip videos, you know, uh, Quentin Johnston. We've seen Rasheed Rice, some James Cook stuff, a lot of Ayuk, you know, hype. Like, what has stood out to you so far in the camp hype? What, which ones are, I guess, which hype are you bought into, or kind of like you have your ears perked up towards? Man, the 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 ones that always get me, the the ones it, it's never it's never that like dot precision pass to a receiver it's never the this guy just cooks the d back on the route it's always the the footwork drills are the ones that get me and we just watched the devonta smith and cooper cup ones come out today and i I don't know what it is about those We, we saw this kind of the same thing from calvin ridley a couple days ago i think it was last week but all whenever i see that like footwork drill of the wide receiver just absolutely churning his feet faster than i can visually see wild i don't i don't know what it is but that those are the ones that get me and i'm like maybe i should move him up in my rankings and i'm like no i definitely should not move him up in my (laughs) rankings because of freaking footwork drill but god damn it looks so good yeah man i I, I saw that i saw that post i think it was ray uh, or the dd account that actually posted that one and and uh, retweeted it it's just unreal yeah, so I, I, I have been super excited for Smitty this offseason. I think that he has all the tools and, and abilities to to actually be a number one um, in an offense. But, you know, he does have A.J. Brown across from him. So, yeah, I, I do love seeing like those kind of like freak athlete, freakish things that the normal person can't do. And you're just like in awe of like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. Like, oh, yeah, wild stuff, wild stuff. I uh, I mentioned QJ. Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross are ones I wanted to bring up uh, just because it's Kansas City, I guess. And (laughs) I know Justin Ross, where we both stand on that situation. But Rasheed Rice, are you excited at all? Uh, You know, this was a guy that we had talked about back in January when we were looking at film that we really liked what we saw. Things didn't go so well through the draft process, fell a little bit, but seems like now that he's with the team, they're utilizing him in, you know, we've seen some jet sweep stuff. We've seen uh, just his overall pass catching ability, you know, running routes in this offense. Are you excited about Rasheed Rice or Justin Ross just because there's no true number one there? Other than Kelsey, of course. Yeah, obviously Kelsey is going to be the one. And I think this offense is going to operate basically the same way as what we've seen, man. Um, you know, Rasheed Rice, Richie James seems to be the left out one that nobody kind of remembers from last year with the Giants. Um, people are still hyping up MVS, who's still there, who's still going to have, in my mind, the same exact role. Obviously, the Justin Ross. I mean, you've got like five of these guys who are going to be vying for the role. And unless one separates themselves, I mean, he, Juju separated himself last year and really over the course of the season, it still didn't matter. So in my mind, I don't think any of these guys really matters one over the other. I value them all basically the same. You still got Kadarius Tony, who let's see if he can ever stay healthy yeah. and play a couple of games. But honestly, Chase, where this matters and because... I know, and I know we're looking at this from a dynasty perspective right now, but I want to know which one of these guys you are taking first in these underdog drafts. Well, if you haven't heard, Destination Debbie has partnered with Underdog for the upcoming season, and if you do use code TFDR at sign up, you will get up to a one hundred dollar deposit match on your first deposit, and if you deposit ten dollars or more, you will get one year access 
to the Destination Debbie Discord. Hands down the best place to be in fantasy. The stuff that we are dropping in there, you get to see the roster builds, the construction. There's also some great tools that are being posted there on the daily. So you get constantly updated information and ADP and uh, and details along those lines. So again, promo code TFDR at sign up, up to $100 deposit match on that first deposit. $10 or more gets you that one year access to the Destination Debbie Discord. But as far as who I'm actually drafting first, I mean, I'm not taking Kadarius Tony. I'm not touching. I'm not Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, which I, I think maybe Justin Ross is in there for you too. Definitely not for me. Which one are you taking first? Because I, I feel like I, I would go Rasheed Rice. I would say you would take first. I think the one that I would take is Rasheed Rice just because of his cost. Like I feel like he's going to be the cheapest of them all, and I think that's why because I just don't. I, I, you said it earlier, like you, there's no one separating themselves from the pack. Who knows? He could be the guy that gets 100 targets. He could be the juju this year, but he could also be, you know, an irrelevant sky more from last year, getting 40 targets total through the entire season. So I think that's the only reason I would be willing to take him is the cost. I've never been in on him before, but I might actually start taking some sky more. Ugh. I I hate it, man. I I don't like it. I I dislike it with the with the fullest and bottom of my heart. Like I really do not like saying it, but it, I don't think that I want to bet on the rookie coming in and Rasheed Rice to overtake what I believe are kind of pretty equal talents in Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore as they were coming in last year. And I don't think I want to bet on the rookie being the one who takes it over. Like, I think I'd rather just bet on the one who's been That's here fair. for a year. That's fair. Totally fair. Now, there are a few other camp hype pieces I wanted, I wanted to get into here. And one of them is a guy that, I mean, again, a team we just talked about earlier. But uh, a guy that you actually projected to take over the number one role in the offense. And that's Brandon Ayuk. And it seems like no matter which one of these questionable quarterbacks are throwing him the football, um, he is shining. And, and so I know your projections, you had him overtaking Debo for the, you know, in overall targets and then also yards this year. And so I just kind of wanted to, to see if this is something that you're in on, or do you think Ayuk finally has this breakout moment in, 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 I think this is what year three year four now for him. God, it's been so long. Yeah. I mean, it has, has been, a, has been a couple of years now. I believe this is year three for Brandon Ayuk, but you know, this, this is what training camp season and preseason is all about. It is confirmation bias season. Let's <laughs> go, man. I mean, I said that Brandon Ayuk was going to overtake the Debo role. He was going to take him over as the wide receiver one in this offense. And from everything that I've seen from camp, granted, I have not seen negative stuff about Debo either, but the only thing that I have seen from Brandon Ayuk is very, very, very positive high pieces. And he is going to dominate the league, man. I am, <laughs> I am incredibly excited to see what Ooh. Brandon Ayuk can do in this offense, man. I, I do fully believe that he is going to be the overtaking number one in this offense. Debo Samuel. Well, I do believe he's a very good player. I think they're more going to use him in like in a, in a number two and slash gadget role within the backfield sometimes as well. So I, I believe Brandon Ayuk will be the wide receiver one for this team, regardless of who is going to be the quarterback. 
I mean, I, I just I wanted you to pump him up because I know you had talked about him a little bit there. So yep, there you go. There's your confirmation bias. This is your four for Brandon Ayuk, by the way. Four, uh, my bad. Yeah, yeah no, you, you're good. You're good. I, we all forget about the, the doghouse dog year. Yeah. Doghouse year just kind of got <laughs> escaped out of my mind. Yeah, the doghouse year. Uh, you know, well, we just chalk that up as an L. But yeah, this is year four, and sneakily, he was PPR wide receiver 15 last year freaking good man he was he, he had a thousand yards and eight touchdowns last year i think he had like 110 targets i believe um so yeah 114 targets and you know this this could be his year i, I just again hope they figure out the quarterback situation enough so that they can actually get him the ball but yeah i'm super excited about him and it's it's just great to hear that he is performing and looking every bit the part um that we had hoped for two three years ago um but hey, it's year four. Let, let's let's get it. Let's see another top fifteen performance from Ayuk, and uh, and see what happens from here. So, last couple things I wanted to dive into in the camp hype is this Danny Dimes Jalen Hyatt connection. Not just because of Jalen Hyatt and what his speed has been doing in that offense, but from the sounds of everything, Danny Dimes has looked incredible in their training camp so far. And taking that step forward year two. Look, I mean, everything that I've seen from the New York Giants beat beat reporters and everything that I've seen from camp is that Danny Dimes loves one guy, and that is Darren Waller. That is not any wide receiver. They have 15,000 of them, and um, it it doesn't really matter who the wide receiver is. The only true love that he has is Darren Waller. And so – that is where I'm leaning. I need to redo my projections very drastically because I did not have that projected out that way originally. And so I need to go back. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to go back here tomorrow, redo it and post it and I'll figure out what it looks like tomorrow. But I mean, it, it, it looks good. This is what we've been saying for, for Daniel Jones and this entire New York Giants offense. Everybody's been calling for last year to be his peak. And I I don't really understand why last year was Daniel Jones peak season because he was throwing to the likes of freaking Darius Darius Slayton, Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins as his first three wide receivers. (laughs) And then he had Daniel Bellinger and then he got knocked out whenever he got punched Uh, in the eye and broke his eye socket and bleeding all over the field. And I thought he might never play again for a bit like Luckily, he's going to be back, and he's the number two behind Darren Wall. And I actually really like some Daniel Bellinger and some deep dynasty tight end premium best ball leagues. But man, like I I don't understand why last year was the hype was was the peak for this offense. It's year one; we improved everything. Like why why are we not going to get better? Yeah, I mean, Wandell Robinson's back. I know that he was their second round pick last year out of Kentucky, aka Nebraska, as well. Uh, they had, they brought in Jalen Hyatt this offseason. They also brought in Darren Waller, as you mentioned. And like, let's not forget, Darren Waller was a top three tight end, you know, fantasy wise uh, in the league when it came. To, I believe two years ago, before or three years ago, when he uh, you know didn't have the injuries. So I, I'm I'm interested. I'm interested if if Darren Waller is healthy. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of teams that are, are are not a lot of players out there that are going to be taking targets away from him. So I'd love to see, you know, Danny Dimes, Isaiah Hodgins, Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt, and Wandell Robinson out there doing the thing. They got Saquon fig, Sid contract situation figured out, so he's going to be on the field. I'm super bullish on 
Danny Dimes. I think it's more beneficial for Dimes than it is like any individual player. I do love seeing Jalen Hyatt get uh, some some run in some of these highlights where he's you know catching some balls, just burning by defenders. Great, super happy to see that for him. Consistency wise, I don't know if it's going to be there. So in, in terms of best ball, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to to have him in best ball. But right now, this is the Danny Dimes show. I think he's going to have another opportunity to crack the the top ten in, in terms of quarterbacks. Maybe even get a little bit higher. Uh, now that they'll have a little bit more passing volume, um, and if he if he can continue to do what he did on the ground with his legs last year, so I'm super super excited to see what Dimes can can be in this offense. Yeah, the issue the issue for me with Jalen Hyde is like you've got Sterling Shepard apparently yeah. already being back. Yeah. Well, it while it doesn't seem like my, there's just so many guys. I've seen a bunch of Paris Campbell yeah. hype too, and how do they all get their worth? How do they all get on the field? It just feels like an offense that's going to operate a lot like the Chiefs currently do, where True. they're just going to throw everything underneath to like 10 different guys every single game. And then there might be one tight end that's really, really good. And then therefore, Darren Waller is going to be Travis Kelsey. I didn't say it. <laughs> but no like he's he's very good as long as he stays healthy i really like darren waller this year well you said that you know on the pod so now it's out there for everyone to hear that darren waller is going to be better than travis kelsey this year tight end one sometimes man sometimes (laughs) i don't believe that (laughs) no no, i mean i think he can be very good i do think he can be very good um in this offense with with dime so yeah i'm I'm excited about that i've been loving i'm Loving some of the Giants hype that we've heard. Um, so we'll see how that continues on the field with, with actual games. And then uh, the last thing I, I wanted to touch on, because, uh, you know, this was uh, a trade that you you tried to get done, but uh, it didn't happen. But Tyreek Hill, you know, the, the rumor of him being, you know, losing a step, dropping balls. He might have a nagging injury. Are you believing any of that? Well, the thing you forget to mention here is that it was a trade with you that failed to get done. <laughs> and because Tyreek wasn't the piece, I did get Devontae Adams. And so, yes, yes obviously, I still like I still like Tyreek over Devontae Adams. Um, okay. The security that he has with with Tua's, you know, obviously he has his concerns, but I believe Tua will be all right throughout the next year. And so. He has a very centralized offense that he's going to operate in. You have the Raiders system, and who knows how that's going to operate with a new incoming quarterback and Jimmy G. Yes, I still believe Devontae Adams is probably going to be a top 10 wide receiver this year, but Tyreek Hill still has the opportunity to be the wide receiver number one overall this year, and I don't think that that's the same between the two necessarily. And so obviously, yes, I'm going to try to get Tyreek Hill <laughs> from you before Devontae Adams. Uh, I don't buy any I don't buy into any of this crap that he's lost a step or that, you know, th- things aren't going well for him. It's the first week of training camp, man. This is overreaction season on the overreaction pod. We're not buying it. Nope, not buying it at all. 2K Tyreek. I'm here for it. 2K Tyreek. Let's let's put that out there. It's gonna happen. He's gonna get his two thousand yards this year. Let's go. Tyreek, come on. 1300 Tyreek. No, 2K, 2K. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's some of the, the positives we've seen. I, I, I do want to kind of dive into a, just a few little knocks here. This one's kind of a, an odd piece, but just kind of Michael Carter uh, seems like he's potentially the odd man out right now behind Bam, Bam Knight. And then, especially if Dalvin Cook gets signed, um, are you doing anything with Michael Carter right now? Just trying to get rid of him, trying to get off of him if you can. 
Man, if if I can get anything in a normal like lineup league out of out of Carter, it, yeah. it seems like you have to, man, because every like Ray says, like listen to what the league is telling you with their actions, and what they've been telling you is they want every other running back to come in there besides what they currently have. It's a little bit of an indictment on Brees Hall, but it's in my opinion even more of an indictment on Michael Carter because. Like you, you have Bam Knight, you have Michael Carr. We think these guys are replacement level. We think these guys are very good and can like serve a role. And then you see what the NFL team is telling you, and they're like, there is no way that we are actually going to rely on these guys to actually get us the replacement value that y'all think we can get. And so it, it just mean, it just seems very unfortunate for Michael Carter, but it, it seems like he was basically a one and done. He might be the next. He's not even a Philip Lindsay because he was actually drafted in the fourth round, but just, just a guy who fizzles guy. out really quick. He was never a thousand yard guy either. So Michael Carter is, is, is done. I mean, a band of Canada. I thought they, he was they, good though, man. Like I, I really he, thought he was a, a decent running back. Yeah. I mean, he had those, those he had the, the pass catching chops that, that, you know, I think he had several, you know, high target games and, and, and again, he, he played well, but the team has just been showing that they just want as many running backs in that room as they possibly can get. Like they, again, like I said, drafted Vanny Kanda. They, they had Bam Knight do his thing last year. Um, so, they, I mean, obviously they drafted one last year too. And I don't know. It's just, if you can get anything for him, you can get a third for him. I'm out. Like I have no problem getting rid of him. I, even if they don't bring in Dalvin, I still think that they're, they're happy to, to work with what they got with, uh, with everybody else. So, yeah, it's a weird situation right now, um, especially with Dalvin being kind of floated out there to the Jets or or Miami, and that that could ruin a whole nother running back room uh, full of just guys. But if, yeah, I'm not overly concerned uh, with that running back. But one running back I am a little bit interested in, and I've been fully vested in this guy. Uh, a I, little bit interested. In. <laughs> I. One J.K. Dobbins, you know, I, I've I've been out there, you know, that's my guy. I love J.K. I, I want I, I hope for the best for that man on the field. Forget fantasy. I, I would love to see him smash. But, uh, you know, fantasy wise as well, like, you know, I, I had I think I had he was probably my my most owned share, my most owned player last year going into the season i sold every single one of them off and i've had to slowly reacquire them over the off season so i'm back in you know he's a, he's a year removed now <laughs> this, this is the year but unfortunately he's not reporting and they placed him on pub so <laughs> what are your thoughts on this jk dobbins situation i mean are you concerned about him actually not playing are you concerned uh do you think he's going to get a contract? Like, I just don't know what kind of leverage he has. It goes back to the conversation, man, that we had at the very beginning of the show. Like, yeah, there's no leverage gained for him to sit out. I, I don't think unless, unless he really believes that every running back in the league will no longer play running back. And that's not going to happen because a lot of guys would love to make $2 million a year playing running back. So it's not going to happen that that happened. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. Now, does he deserve more? Yes, because he's the third paid running third highest paid running back on the Baltimore Ravens currently in this year, <laughs> which is egregious. Like it should not be that way. I can full, I can fully admit that it should not be that way. However, you have no recourse because of what is currently the CBA. So 
you either play or you don't and the league will move on. And so I fully believe that he will play. And then if you want to take that further into what his dynasty value and outlook is, I really love J.K. Dobbins this year because it sounds like this offense is actually going to be a drop back pocket passing offense more so than it ever was before. And that aligns with more passing targets to J.K. Dobbins. And while I don't think that he is a fantastic pass catcher, he's at least serviceable. He can at least be he can at least be a guy who goes out on the screens, goes out on the slants and catches, catches a few balls that way, which is not what we've seen before. It's only been on the ground game. And he's definitely better than that than Gus Edwards, which is our next best passing catching running back on that team. And so I really love what JK could be this year. And I don't really have concerns about him actually being a holdout. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's just dumb. Like in my opinion, like I get, I, I'm here for them to get their bag, but like you tore your ACL, right? Yeah, you had a good rookie rookie year. Tear your ACL last year. Very, very good at the end of the season. But again, you had to have another cleanup surgery. Still wasn't fully healthy. So this is the year to prove it. This is the year to to play well and earn your contract. So I just don't know what like what he's thinking. Like, is he thinking he's going to get a David Montgomery type deal? Like, he's not getting a I don't know freaking twelve million dollar Nick Chubb type deal at the, you know fourteen million. Like I just don't know what he's expecting here. Like that's the whole thing. So I, if I'm him, I play and and try and earn at least a little bit better of a paycheck than what he's probably going to get for the market right now. So I, I'm I'm with you. He's going to play. He's going to be out there. Not concerned about this. To me, this is a non-issue. I am very excited about him in this offense. Um, you know, they, they did use him a bit as a, as a pass catcher, his rookie year, again, different core offensive coordinators. And now you have Munkin in there. I, I just, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because I, you know, the fanboy is coming out at me on this one and, you know, I don't want it to, to get overblown, but uh, I, I do think JK Dobbins, if he can get some passing work, uh, will, will surprise some folks because you saw him running as he drew, you know, drug a leg last year just dragging it behind him. If he's healthy, he's, he can be that dude. He can be that dude. Yeah. And, and just a little bit more on the, the contract talk. Like I do understand what he's doing right now. It just won't work is the issue, but yeah, I do understand it from just his perspective of like the only thing that can actually improve his long-term outcome is to get a long-term contract right now, because what's going to happen next year is he's going to get tagged. Like if he's good next year or if he's good this year, he's just going to get tagged and that's all that's going to happen. And it'll be less than what he could have made on a contract extension right now. So I fully understand the ploy. It just won't work because they won't do it. And they'll say, no, just play or don't. And we'll move on with Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake, who will sign back and Justin justice Hill. Like, it, it just won't work from a long-term like NFL perspective, but I do understand what he's doing, but no, he'll, he'll be there week one as far as I'm concerned and be playing. And I really do like the outcome for, or I do really like the outlook for JK Dobbins in this offense in 2023. Yep. I, uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. So uh, speaking of guys that are making more than almost every single running back, uh, we do have some injuries to touch on. And unfortunately for Tim Patrick, uh, tore his, or I should say, Sounds I like, it sounds like he tore his Achilles uh, from from all of the the reports right now. By the time you're actually listening to this on Wednesday, we're recording Monday night. We should have the definitive answer if he actually tore it or not. But uh, all signs are pointing to that. 
And the $11 million man uh, fortunately did get paid a few years back and is, uh, you know, had the ACL tear, now an Achilles tear. I, I know you, you you stashed him on your Rumble roster on the IR spot for, for a year, and unfortunately this happened. You, you stashed him for another year. He's going to be, what, 29 going on 30? He's 29 going on 30, man. You come off of an ACL and an Achilles, I'm sorry, but no, you're cut in every single league that I own you. Yep, and KJ Hamler, probably not rostered, has heart inflammation. It sounds like it's not as serious as it sounds. Um, so it sounds like he, he should be back out there sooner rather than later, but um, still is going to miss a chunk of time. Yeah, it looks like he'll be back before the start of the season, though. And with the Tim Patrick news, I mean, they will at least need a wide receiver for he is the next guy up. Do I want to mm. do I do? Do I? I mean, I, I have no idea what the depth chart is behind those five guys, <laughs> but Mar- Marvin Mims is obviously the three. I still think KJ Hamler would be the five. Um but I, I just I just don't know what to do with him because he's just always hurt, man. Um, I don't really want to roster him anywhere either. No, no not, not even like everyone, you know, you talk about like best ball dart throws. Like I just I don't have any interest, even as a Broncos fan. Like, no, you know, they drafted Marvin Mims. Um, that was the very first draft pick of the Sean Payton era. Traded up to get him, you know. They did like him to some point. You know, he probably wasn't their number one wide receiver on the board, but there's enough hype there for that. So I do think he's the number three. I mean, we got, as we talked about earlier, the callback to Marquez Callaway. He's still out there as well. And little Jordan Humphrey. So you got the, you got the New New Orleans backups uh, hanging around as well. So yeah, there's, there's those guys. And and I'd say I've just, I have no interest in, in Hamler, but very excited to see what uh, what Marvin Mims can be in that offense. But other injury notes, um, let's see here, Zach Moss, broken forearm. Are you worried about the the running back duo in Seattle with Walker and, and Charbonnet right now? Running back duo in Walker and Charbonnet, I don't trust a damn thing that comes out of Pete Carroll's <laughs> mouth whenever it comes to injuries, so I have no idea. Like I, I legitimately cannot give you any idea of what I think is happening because Pete Carroll sucks at giving fantasy football players information that could help us just have no idea. Just play it day by day. And hopefully somebody actually releases a bit of reliable information other than Pete Carroll saying things that don't exist to be true. I mean, Kenny McIntosh has supposedly looked good. Um, hey, I mean, he, hey, pick him up, pick him up. Cause if, if they're <laughs> yeah. out for two weeks and they're and he's the first, if he's the first running back taking reps, you can flip him for a third. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So uh, we had some Garrett Wilson low ankle sprain news. Uh, again, not worried about this. I did see someone on Twitter saying something about how this is bad for Garrett Wilson and like, you, you know, look at, you know, you can hold on to him for next year. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's a up. low ankle sprain six weeks before the season. Uh, right, he like, will be fine and playing about? week one. What are we talking about, people? So, yeah, if you do Don't have anyone, the hype. if you do have anyone believing that hype, <laughs> go buy him, I guess. But holy cow, I just sometimes people on on Twitter need to be X. X'd out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe Burrow calf strain. It sounds like it's not as serious as it initially looked. He was able to move his foot around a little bit, but it does sound like it's a calf strain or yeah, calf strain 
and he will miss some time here, um, probably leading up closer to the start of the season is what it sounds like. Probably won't play a single preseason game, no. but um, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow and he doesn't need it. So uh, completely fade any injury news that is around Joe Burrow. He's exactly where he was before this. Yeah, and the last little bit of news here. So again, not nothing to do with Joe Burrow. I'm not panicked. Not worried about that at all. Uh, we have Schoonmaker still not playing with his foot injury, and that one I think is a cause for concern just for the fact that like tight end is is tough to to figure out. Like it's tough to figure out in general. It sounded like there was a lot of hype about him potentially being the tight end one in Dallas. Uh, but if you're not out there getting reps, if you're not out there with with the team, learning the offense, kind of going through the those motions and those movements, um, it's going to be really hard for me to see him kind of take that jump. So uh, if anything, I think this is a Jake Ferguson kind of excitement uh, again. Let, let's you know see what he can do for the early part of the season. And if he takes off and runs with it, great. Um, otherwise, maybe there's a shot later in the season that he develops into what we want to see. But uh, what are you doing with this tight end room? This is one that I think is fully not about Schoonmaker. I think it is fully about um, Ferguson, as you said. Dallas is a room that has consistently produced top 12 fantasy tight end assets at the position. And unfortunately, it looked like it really sounded like Schoonmaker. They really did like him. But if you're not practicing, you're not being in these training camp sessions, you are missing out on so much. This is kind of what we've seen with other positions, kind of like Isaiah Spiller last year. Of He just wasn't really able to ever pick up the offense. We've heard this from numerous guys of just if you're hurt during training camp in your rookie year, you were at such disadvantage to ever really pick up the offense and be on the field because other guys know the offense and they have to get their reps over you every single week. And it's hard for you to ever really take the leap into a starter position. I think this is really positive for Jake Ferguson to possibly be a top 12 tight end this year. Yeah, uh, we'll see how they decide to utilize him and and really what kind of pans out. But I, I think this would be a good opportunity to to buy some some Ferguson. Probably, I mean, he's already probably already very cheap. Um, you know, if you are in the tight end premium league or you know two tight ends, if you are not in a tight end premium league, uh, who cares? It's just tight end. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, last bit of I guess news news is Alvin Kamara does plan to or is meeting with Roger Goodell. And, you know, I know the court date, I believe, is on the 2nd of August. So we, we weren't going to really get any other news out of you know, the, the legal situation um, with Alvin Kamara until till then. And now he's meeting with Goodell, probably to just tell his side of the story, talk about a potential suspension. What do you think is going to happen here with this? Is this is this news to you? Well, the, the the legal situation has already been resolved as he settled it oh, and right. got it dropped from a non-felony case to a misdemeanor. misdemeanor. Right. And, and so that that's completely settled on it's completely settled on the you know judicial side of things. It just matters now what does the league actually want to do and does the league want to pursue punishment? In my mind, this is what is always going to be happening. You know, we've talked about it before, I think, on this pod as well. Drew Davenport has been pretty on top of this from day one back like a year and a half ago of pretty closely predicting exactly what was going to happen here. And it feels like Alvin Kamara is probably going to get a four to six game suspension and it's going to be reduced down to two to four games. That's fully what I'm expecting here, especially as he's I do. I do 
like that he's taking a proactive step to say, hey, I want to meet with Roger Goodell. It has seemed in the past like it has been a thing of, hey, if you show a little bit of, you know, you show a little bit of remorse for what you did, that it looks a little better. It looks a little better PR wise for the player and for the league. And so we can spin it a little better, give you a little bit of a discount on the games that you would potentially be missing already. And so we'll lower it a little bit for you under the new CBA and under the new, you know, under the new policy of how we give out these punishments to players. I don't know exactly how that happens, but I would think that we're looking in the range of, we're definitely not looking at over six games anymore. That is out of the question because it's gotten reduced from a felony to a misdemeanor, unless the league just completely wants to rewrite everything that they've done historically, it's not going to happen. So we're looking at probably two to four games in my opinion. Yeah, I think the the fact that he does want to meet with Goodell and, and talk to him about his side of the story and kind of uh, really I, I hopefully have that remorseful conversation, um, I, I think is going to go a long way uh, for him and a potential susp- suspension. But I'm with you. I, I think four games is max. I don't I don't see him getting a six game suspension for this. Um, and unless for some reason, I mean, I just don't think there's been enough media attention around this where it's like oh my gosh i can't believe he did this like if there was more public pressure you know the the court of public opinion uh putting pressure on this maybe you'd see a six game there, but I, I i think you're right i think it's going to be four down to two there was but it was a year and a half ago and i think their team has done a very good job of just kind of delaying this one and just making everybody forget that it kind of happened like what whether that's good or not like that that's right, not yeah, for me yeah. to say but like I think they've done a good job of just delaying this one so far that people have just kind of forgotten about it a little bit. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right to me. So, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to football. I'm looking forward to hearing about that news. Um, hopefully uh, today as you're listening to this, I think we'll, we'll get some more information on uh, on the second, I believe, is actually when he uh, is planning to talk more about it after he talks with Goodell. So hopefully we'll hear some more information on his side of things um, and maybe we'll hear a suspension actually announced later this week potentially so uh, i think that's really the last step is meeting with goodell goodell making a decision and, and kind of moving on but it is time for football super excited about it uh you know we have college football kicking off in a few weeks we're gonna have this you know preseason like it is it is finally here you know throughout all of the the, the waiting over the last six months five and a half months we are finally getting football back we're finally here, man. I, I absolutely cannot wait for us to get to an actual football season. However, just just be be reserved a little bit. You know, we've got pads on, we've got helmets on. We we have a lot we have a lot of hype pieces going on right now. So don't always believe the hype. Yeah, no need to 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 panic on on, a, on what's going on. So that'll be something we're watching out for. Uh, you make sure you're tapped into Destination Debbie, patreon.com forward slash all gas for all of your fantasy football and just overall football needs. Like it is the best community to be a part of, especially that Heisman tier where you have access to all the content creators, your, your invoice chat. You have the ability to, to communicate, ask your trade questions, lead questions, whatever, whatever's going on. Just questions about football, questions about fantasy, strategize, those types of things. Tons of fun to be in there. And especially as the season goes on, like, it is so much fun to be in that chat when you're just talking about the catches that are made, talking about the touchdowns, just seeing everything live as it's happening, reacting as a group, just a f- 
such a freaking cool experience. So you got to be part of, of uh, Destination Debbie, patreon.com forward slash all gas. And in the Heisman tier, uh, you, you, you get it all. So make sure you're there. Make sure you follow us. Uh, subscribe to us on uh, on YouTube as well at the Fantasy Draft Room. I'm at Chase, at, excuse me, at Trophy Chase TFDR, and Cody is at Cody Smith TFDR on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it now. But that's where we're at. That's where you can find us. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap out of here, my man? No, I'm all good, man. Just all right. Like like I said, be be careful. We obviously love this time of the year. Football is back. It is incredibly fun to follow and watch to just refresh that X timeline, I guess, every single three minutes or so. But just be careful. Don't believe all the hype. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast.